we need to implement workflows to be efficient in the in the services we deliver. We we have several investment funds. We are creating always new companies, new funds, etc. So I, I try to connect, for example, the accounting team with the finance one and the legal one and the operational one through the implementation of automated workflow. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Law with Siddharth Menon. If you're new here, Bite Size Law is a legal tech podcast where I interview legal experts, especially from the legal operations side. We talk about technology that can be leveraged to make legal services much more faster and efficient. We talk about contract lifecycle management. We talk about e-discovery, AI, so on and so forth. As a part of this episode, I had the opportunity to speak with a legal operational specialist from the Luxembourg region. His name is Quanton Ramager. He's been in the legal operation side of things for more than eight years, working with companies like PwC and uh, Siena Investment Managers. As a part of his day-to-day work, he specializes in driving innovation, efficiency and strategic growth within the legal industry. We go in depth about the considerations of legal operations, especially in the European region, what the risks and challenges are, keeping in mind the GDPR regulations. I hope you guys have a fun time listening to this conversation as much as I had a fun time recording this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, Quantum. Good morning and welcome to Bite Size Law. Hi, Saeed. Thank you. So, Quentin, I've been following you on LinkedIn for quite some time. I've seen some amazing posts that you've been posting about legal operations and all those good stuff. So, would you mind starting off by talking a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So, I'm Quentin. I'm a legal operation officer in alternative investment firm in, in Luxembourg. I have worked for eight years now in Luxembourg. I did all my career in, in Luxembourg so far, starting with four years at PwC Luxembourg as an advisor in, in corporate structuring, and then four years at PwC Legal, still in Luxembourg for the, the law firm attached to the PwC network in, in Luxembourg, working in the, in the corporate department. And since two years at Siena, which is an investment firm in, in Luxembourg. So I have always worked on, on legal aspects. And since I would say three, four years, I have moved slowly from the purely corporate legal aspect to the more legal operation ones, focusing more and more on digital operations efficiency improvement etc so that uh, the background of that uh, as of today uh, that's awesome so so are you a lawyer by background who started off as a lawyer and then later on shifted to legal operations because the reason why i ask you is that i also have a law background i started off as a litigator back in 2011 after a couple of years in litigation i decided to make the switch to more of the legal services side of things 
by leveraging technology so so how was your how how was it in the beginning of your career no i have never been a, a lawyer and i didn't pass any bar exam basically i did a double diploma in law and management so i was at the same time in a business school in france and following the a master degree with a law university in france so i was only in france the kind of jurist so in house uh, in house legal i would say that i have never been an expert uh, in a specific field of law i always work on on corporate legal aspects but i never try to go deep in a specific field of of law and i i prefer to when i could not go deeper in the technical field to try to provide a solution to work more efficiently to improve the way we work instead of of becoming an, an expert in a given field of of law that that how i think how i became a, a legal operation officer i didn't want to to become a lawyer to be a very, really an expert in a given field and uh, and become well known for my ex- strong expertise in a, in the field of law i prefer to help the other lawyers or in house legal counsel to improve the way they work to introduce technology to introduce automation efficiency etc so that's how i moved slowly to legal operation that's interesting because yeah most lawyers focus on a specific area of law but mostly what i've seen in the legal operations side is that mostly you see legal operation specialists having sort of a paralegal sort of a background but when i started off my career in the legal operations i was one of the few lawyers who made the switch from a niche legal practice to legal operations mm-hmm. so also keeping the theme in mind for today's podcast we're going to solely focus on legal operations in the european region so that is where you work so how would you define so just to get people accustomed or familiar with the concept of legal operations so how would you define legal operations and what the scope entails in my opinion legal operation is i would say in one or two sentence the way to improve the efficiency of the of the legal services being either in a law firm or internal legal direction to improve efficiency and also to make legal business partner of the operational team i think that the main two aspect of of legal operation and then of course it it involves developing technology it involves make the the legal team more available more visible to the rest of of the firm it can be internally but also externally so you can be a legal operation within a, a law firm helping clients to improve the the legal operation so i think there is a wide range of uh, of services and skills included in the legal operation and i think that from my perspective at least in, in luxembourg because the the luxembourg law is quite i would say more simple than the french one for example or the german one it's more practical 
So I think legal operation have a, has a big role to play on the Luxembourg legal market because we are a famous financial platform in, in Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. Of course, with a lot of, of legal documents and transactions. But as the law is quite practical, we have also a lot of regulation for the investment firm, etc. But we have, I think, a big place to develop legal operation thanks to this practical law. I think it's easier to implement legal operation than, for example, in France, where the law is quite complex and, and big with a lot of regulation, law, etc. Yep. Like you stated, it's basically the operational aspect of legal department while as legal operations specialists you focus on the day-to-day administrative tasks to ensure that lawyers like associate general counsels or general counsels have enough time to focus on strategic work that brings in more revenue so having said that especially like you stated in europe Legal operations is still in its initial stages. It's not as common as it is in North America. So how do you see companies adopting a role of a legal operations specialist or law firms adopting a role of legal operations specialist? Do you see that they are more interested? Do you think they're seeing, they're seeing value in having an operational specialist taking care of the day-to-day administrative aspect of the legal department? Well, in, in my network, the, the only legal operations specialists I'm following are basically in France, some, I think, in Belgium, and very few ones in the, in the Netherlands, but I think 90% is in France. Most of them are internal legal operations, but also some new company specializing in the legal operations. But I think it's quite the, the beginning. I'm registered with some communities on LinkedIn or other places with other legal operations. And I think we are more or less, I don't know, maybe 50 person, maximum 100 person. In France, German, Belgium, Netherlands, in Luxembourg, I don't know. But for the moment, I do not know any other legal operation in Luxembourg. I know that some law firms are having more and more people working on this kind of legal operation, developing technology for their, to provide new services to their clients. I know that, for example, PGC Network is, is developing new services in this specific field of, of legal operation. But I think for the moment, yes, in, in Europe, we are a very small community. Compared to the North America, for example, where on LinkedIn, I think I have twice or five times more contact in the legal <laughs> operation in the in North America than in Europe. <laughs> that is so true. So I'm more interested in knowing your day-to-day work, how it looks like, you know. It's whenever I meet legal operations specialists, especially here in North America, I'm eager to know what they do on a day-to-day basis because... For me, personally speaking, I work for a company called Coho Consulting. We do contract lifecycle management consulting work where we implement contract lifecycle management systems to legal departments and law firms. So 
CLM or contract lifecycle management is a key aspect in streamlining the contracting process within a legal department, which falls under legal operations. But however, when I speak to other people, other friends in the same domain, they say that they mostly focus on implementing knowledge management systems or implementing solutions that can manage their e-billing system, so on and so forth. So I'm interested in knowing how your work is like. I have the particularity to be at the same time legal operation and also paralegal within the company where I work for. So I do the day-to-day corporate work for the Luxembourg entities and at the same time the legal operation aspect. And I think for the legal operation, there is, of course, the CLM implementation that is part of our project. But I think the biggest part of my daily task focuses on processes implementation and automation, automation of documents, automation of workflows, because we are a European firm present in France, Luxembourg, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, etc with various teams located in these countries. So we, we need to implement workflows to be efficient in the, in the services we deliver. We, we have several investment funds. We are creating always new companies, new funds, etc. So I, I try to connect, for example, the accounting team with the finance one and the legal one and the operational one through the implementation of automated workflow with the goal to ease the process, to reduce the risk. Because if we work only by call emails, it's quite a, quite a mess. So I try to implement a workflow where we know that for this kind of transaction, we have to go from A to Z following these steps. So that's a, a big part of the, of the job. Automating documents, as I said, because it is essential to be able to to draft all the documents without externalizing this, we have to implement document automation tools. Uh, we have also a, a governance tool where we can manage all the entities of the group with the organizational chart, with the with the shareholding, the mandate, etc. So we have different tools. And I also work on connecting all these tools. And that's a, a big part of, of my job. Because yes, technology is essential. But if we have, I don't know, five or 10 different tools, which aim as, at providing efficiency, but they are not fully connected. And if they run independently, uh, then you are not efficient because you have to manage 10 different tools individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are working on developing API to send common information between all the tools. So for example, the, if a, a company name is changing in the group, then this change of name will be sent to all the other tools where we have this company name. So that's a, a big part also. So I, for this, I work with the IT team. So that's more or less my my daily task. Yeah. Awesome. So talking about tools, when so how do you convince the general counsel or 
the head of the legal department to buy a specific tool. Do you do any kind of market study or do you do any sort of gap analysis to see if a tool or a system could fix some of the issues in terms of processes within the legal departments? Do you follow any specific methodology while selecting any tools? Or were these tools already present in this organization even before you joined? So is there any, you know, with tactics that you follow while selecting a tool in the market? When I arrived at Sina, it is quite a young company, so there was no tool at all for the legal department. So I, I was quite free to, to make market analysis and to select the, the tools. To be honest, I made the mistake when I arrived to select for the document automation. I convinced the general counsel to, to subscribe to a tool I used previously when I work at PLUC Legal. Because I thought that as I know these tools, it would be easier to implement quickly. But unfortunately, as I didn't follow the, the usual process, which is what are the nice to have, the must have for the automation tool, I just decided to take this one because I knew it. A few weeks or months after, I realized that it was not the more efficient for, for this new position. And I discovered another one developed in Luxembourg, which was really much more efficient and in line with the Luxembourg legal needs. So after one year, we switched our document automation tool. <laughs> But yeah. yes, otherwise, we, I think the best way to select the tool is to do a quite of checklist with the nice to have, must have. Is there any place for customization? So each time I ask a, a demo to a tool provider, okay, I, I take my list. Okay, this, do I have all the must have? If yes, okay, that's good. If there are all the nice to have, if yes, it's perfect. If no, I ask how is it possible to customize the tool? Is there any specific fee to pay for any customization or not? And at the end, There is also the IT aspect, which is important. For example, in, in Europe and in particular in, in Luxembourg, sometimes we need the, the data to be saved in, in Europe and, and not in the, in the US or security. And, uh, that's a, a big point I had when I worked in the law firm previously. We needed absolutely a tool with all the data in Europe and, if possible, in Luxembourg of all the border countries. So, for example, it was quite impossible to select a U.S. tool because there, there was a risk to have our data. Is it because of the GDPR regulations? Yes, that... exactly. Okay. GDPR and also, I don't remember the name of this U.S. Act, but basically, if you use a, a U.S. tool with a risk that the data is in the U.S., If the U.S. authorities at some point of time want to see the data, they can do. And we, we can, we could not, as a Luxembourg law firm, to have such a, such a risk. Yep. That, that's why we selected the German tool with all the data in Germany. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, those are the, I don't think we come across those kind of challenges here in North America, especially EU 
European Union is much more stringent on uh, data protection. So it's quite obvious that you wouldn't want to access a US-based tool because of the said risks and restrictions. So again, going back to the selection of tools, that's actually an interesting point that you made initially that uh, sometimes implementation of a technology tool would start off with the failure because uh, generally when law firms or legal departments deploy tools, they feel that software solutions or technology solutions can be a one-stop shop for all your legal challenges. But there's a whole level of customization involved while selecting and considering a technology because one system might suit your need, but the other system might not have the same capabilities to fit your need. For example, if I go back to the contract lifecycle management system, there are so many CLM solutions out there. But you also need to consider the your ex- existing tech stack. How does the CLM solution integrate with your existing technology so that you have a proper sync with these tools? So it is, I think for all the listeners out here also, it is important that they understand that a technology solution is not like a magic wand that can fix all your legal problems. You need to do a lot of market analysis. You need to ensure, like you stated, that you have a checklist where nice to have, must have, not so important things to have, so on and so forth. So that's really fascinating. So again, it's very fascinating to listen to someone who works in the legal operation side, especially in the European region. Apart from... uh, GDPR restrictions, like data protection restrictions, are there any other challenges that you see, especially in the European Union market? Do you see that people or legal departments are reluctant to adopt technology to streamline legal operations? What is your take on that? Or mm, I think, yes, we are a bit more reluctant that than North America. I think it's mainly because we we decide to look deep in new technology a few months or years after. For example, when ChatGPT was released at the beginning of 2023, I think that many companies and specialists in North America immediately see the, the power of this new tool. Whereas in Europe, we immediately said, oh, it's quite dangerous. We don't have the, the, the management of the data. We don't know where it goes. We don't know where, where it com- comes from. So I think we are maybe cultural, but we are a bit more reluctant of our, how to say that. Uh, Somewhat we, we, re- Reluctant to adopt technology because of the risks and challenges involved, especially talking yeah. about AI like chat GPT. Yes, you have a lot of considerations to keep in mind. One is the accuracy of the AI tool, the sources for the information that the AI tool provides you. So it's quite understandable that legal departments have some sort of reluctance to adopt technology solutions. So apart from technology challenges or technology-related issues, 
do legal departments have any other challenges that you face sorry the legal operations do you see any legal operations challenges with legal departments other than technology on a day to day basis i think there is one which comes with technology the it's to convince the team the legal team and the operational and the operational team to adopt this new way of of working including technology because even if i i convince the general counsel to to subscribe to this clm or this automation tool or or electronic signature system etc then you have to to train people to convince them that this is useful for us uh, and sometimes i remember when i i worked in a, in a law firm previously we took the document automation tool but it took several months to develop the first automated templates and, and documents because it was difficult to convince management of the interest of such tool to change the people mind and to to show that adopting technology is beneficial for all of us so i think it it comes with with transformation there is a big transformation of legal department and all departments which is in place now it's a quite a challenge to convince people to to follow this transformation correct so yeah convincing people is a major challenge as a legal operation specialist you not only collaborate with the legal department you would definitely have to collaborate with other teams as well right it's for example the finance team or the it team so how how well does collaboration or how does how well does collaboration work when it comes to streamlining these legal operations aspects so when you have to have the it team or the finance team on the table while selecting let's say an e billing system so how do you tackle those challenges when you have to convince different stakeholders within the overall organization i think for me the easiest way is to first to sit to sit with the with the other team around the table to say okay what are your needs from an operational perspective for example for e billing or for governance what are your needs what are my needs how do you see uh, the perfect collaboration between the legal and for example the finance team and then again it's a matter of of checklist uh, with the nice to have and uh, and must have so we we sit together we see how we want to collaborate how what tool we have already at our disposal because we have the microsoft package so we can already do a lot of automated automated workflow with the just by using the the tool we have uh, and then i i sit with the it team then with the accounting team and once i have the feedback of each team i have to to find more appropriate way to to implement a new workflow or a new tool etc do you do you ask these technology companies to provide you a proof of concept or a proof of value of their tool before you buy them just to show how much of a value that these technology companies can add 
to your legal operations do you is that some sort of a methodology that you follow because here when you implement or when you adopt new technology normally we ask organizations to show a proof of concept like a prototype or a minimum viable product before we completely buy that product is that a common operational methodology that you guys follow there at the world level i would say no because for the moment we are just implementing the the, the basic of of automation so we have document automation we have governance one and, and clm and we we opted for a quite well-known european provider which is called delete trust so it's a provider which provides governance we opted for docusign for the electronic signature and and for the document automation we chose the a Luxembourg one. So for the moment, we didn't have to to have proof of concept because we rely on the well known of the of the provider. But I think if at one point of time we had to select a new tool for for something new, we may go deeper in the analysis and ask for proof of concept. Yeah, whenever anyone mentions about CLM tools, my eyes lighten up because I've been in the space for quite some time. So it's really interesting to know more about the European perspective. So in terms of CLM, what are your normal use cases when you use a CLM tool? Do you have like a full-fledged lifecycle management system where you request for a contract, create a contract all the way to execution? Mm, for the moment, it's mainly for saving and management okay. so we don't use all the feature of the tool first because we don't have time for the moment to explore all the features but the, the immediate need was to have a place where we can save all the agreements because like i said we are present in different countries we are different we have different teams so it was important to have one place to save all the agreements and we just wanted to be able to have easy to view data for these agreements. So the, the CLM helped in this respect just to see what are the termination date, the expiration date, the renewal condition of, of the agreement. So that was the first goal of implementing a CLM mainly for storage and data management. It's interesting. Yeah. It's so, like you said, CLM is mostly, or contract management system is mostly used as a repository of contracts, already executed contracts. So was this the case in a bigger corporation like PwC as well while you worked there? Or is it something that you see in your current organization? When I worked at PwC, we didn't have CLM. We had a specific tool developed at PwC to save all documents, but the, the first really CLM tool I implemented was in the current company. Okay. So what are the major players? What are the major CLM providers in Europe? Like here in North America, we have companies like Agileoft, Ironclad, Isertis. So I'm just fascinated and interested to know who are the big players in the European market. In Europe, I think the one we have chosen is one of the one of the biggest providers. It was called Hyperlex until it was bought 
by Delete Trust uh, one or two years ago. Uh, so now it's called Delete Trust contract and no more hyperlex. But in France, you have much more CLM provider. You have, uh, there is Gino Legal Tech, there is Legal Pilot, uh, Contract Express, I think, which are at the same time document automation provider and also CLM provider. But yes, the, the market is much more important in, in France. In Luxembourg, I think we have quite nothing. We oh. have document automation provider, the one we, we chose. But I know that there is one provider in Luxembourg called Cascade. Cascade, okay. Which provides, based on the on one document I read once, quite everything for company management. So CLM, AML, KYC management, governance, uh, shareholder register, etc. Honestly, I have no more information about it and I never saw any demo from it. <laughs> but the only, it's the only one I heard about called Cascade and it seems to provide more or less everything needed for Luxembourg based companies. But yes, as, as you said before, I think there is a challenge. The challenge is, do I take different tool for each need or do I take a one-stop shop solution? From, in my opinion, it's quite difficult to, to have one provider doing everything perfectly well. And at the same time, if you take 10 different tools, which don't have the required API or integration, and if they run independently, it's not efficient. So you have to, to balance what I want to be in the same tool, what can be in different tools. And for example, Trust, so the one we have for CLM and governance, that based on what they said during the last year, year annual conference, it seems that they won't never develop new feature or new service. They, they focus on governance, litigation, CLM and board management. They want to be the best in this specific field. So they, they improve the existing modules that they are, they are offering, but they do not plan to create new features. They prefer to, to make partnership with other tools. For example, they have partnership with all electronic signature providers. So DocuSign, mm -hmm. Universal, UmiSign, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They have partnership with document automation in France and I think maybe in other countries. So I think it, for me, it's a, it's a synonym of trust to have a provider which say, okay, I want to be the best in this specific field and I don't want to create a one-stop shop solution where each feature will not be efficient or well-finished. And I'm assuming that all these products are customized to read uh, documents in the French language. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all these documents also, sorry, all these tools also have the built-in um, privacy standards or data protection yeah. standards. Exactly. That's, that's really fascinating. Because here, if you look at the North American market, yes, tools 
have the option to change the language because there are multiple languages that you can select. But I don't think any tools are customized to read documents or contracts written or drafted in a language other than English. Yeah, so, for example, the, the CLM we, we have, so there is a AI integrated, which is able to read the agreements and to, to complete a, a summary sheet. Basically, yes, the, the, most of that clients are for the moment in, in, in France or in French speaking countries. So AI is more trained with French documents, but yes, once we have put three or four times the quite the same agreement in English in the in the system that is able to to analyze and to complete the, the summary sheet even if the, the documents are in English. Oh that's really interesting. How do lawyers react when they hear the word AI? Because here people lawyers are reluctant to sort of embrace AI. Lawyers have been pretty tech savvy in the last 10 to 20 years because most lawyers use Microsoft Office package because, you know, that is also technology. And also we rely heavily on computers and laptops because that is also technology, right? So there's a level of misconception when people or lawyers hear about the word or hear about this whole concept about artificial intelligence. So how what is your experience, you know, talking to lawyers or legal departments when whenever this topic of AI come up? I think that in my opinion, some lawyers are not looking at AI in the as and are not able to see what it is really. For example, when I saw in LinkedIn the case of this American lawyer who use a case law issued from ChatGPT in front of the court. <laughs> and it was quite fully invented by, by ChatGPT. And I think in Europe, many lawyers use this case say, hey, look, you can see you, can, you can't rely on ChatGPT because it is inventing a case law. Yes, of course, but this is not the purpose of ChatGPT. And that's why, that's what I try to explain in a post recently that ChatGPT is not Google. Google is a search engine which go on the internet and find information you ask to find. So then you you check the, the source and you you decide if you can rely on this source or not. AI is different. It's, it's here to to help you to I don't know to, for example, to rephrase, to summarize, to yep. provide you with with tips, with processes, with etc. But it's not a search engine Correct. because there is there is a a time difference between between what ChatGPT is looking for. So I think it's until 2021 on the internet. So yep. for the the two years of of case law between 2021 and today are not covered by ChatGPT and he is not Google, and on on my side, when I use it, it is it's when, for example, I, I have an agreement. Or I don't know. Let's take a loan agreement, interest-free. If I want to transform this interest-free loan agreement into an interest-bearing loan agreement, 
then I just put the, the interest clause in ChatGPT and has to transform it into interest bearing clause. This is useful. And then I ask ChatGPT to write an email to explain why you were changing this clause, etc. So it's a kind of, of support for day to day. A colleague of mine used it to, to write the, the basis of an investment uh, policy. Uh, yeah. Of course, it was not perfect, but ChatGPT provided the main guidelines and my colleague saved, I don't know, a half a day of drafting because he had the, the main points and the main agenda of the, of the policy. And then, of course, you can ask a lawyer or, or an expert to, to customize and to, to match your needs because ChatGPT is not a, a lawyer, but you can have support from him. And I think when lawyers all lawyers will understand that ChatGPT or more generally speaking AI is not here as a search engine, but has a support to automate some processes, to automate some drafting tasks, etc. They will understand that it, it is useful for them. Absolutely. Yeah, like you stated, any AI system like ChatGPT is something that enhances your work. It assists you in doing your work, but it's not something that replaces the manual work because going back to that example that you gave in the beginning that a lawyer that used ChatGPT to draft the entire motion or a summary of motion to present in front of the judge, he quoted precedents or case laws that were not relevant to the case or that even were repealed, I guess. But... Um, yeah, it takes a lot of due diligence from your side as well to see if the information thrown at you by the system is accurate or not. And like you stated, ChatGPT is mostly a compiling system where it gets the information from different sources and drafts and edits in a nicely presented manner. But it's up to you to sit down and review that information and see if that information is accurate or not. So, and like you rightly stated, I mean, it is augmented reality at the end of the day. It augments your work. It assists you. It enhances you so that you can use such system to start off somewhere. That's how I also use it. Because if you, let's say, have to write an article, you collect that information and just see what ChatGPT has given you you review that information and start off by looking at similar information on the internet and also looking at the sources, if those sources are accurate or not. It's something that helps you get started rather than a solution that gives you all the information, all accurate information. Yes, exactly. So switching gears a little bit, Quanton, when adopting technology, or releasing new technology into a new in, in a legal department, change management is a key component, like training people, ensuring that the knowledge is passed in the most efficient manner, ensuring that people adopt this change. Do you do a lot of change management in your organization as well, like training employees, training different departments to use technology that you've adopted newly? Yes, I try. For example, for each tool we, we adopted, 
I organized a quick session with the finance team or the management to show, for example, the governance tool we, we had, just to show them how it will help them to find information about the company, the mandate, the shareholding, etc. And I think for change management, what is important is to show the quick wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you select a tool which is very costly, long to implement, and after one year, you can't show any positive feedback to management, it will be quite more difficult to convince about what you are doing. So, for example, with the governance tool, it's not fully set up for the moment, but each time I added new information or or new feature which are useful for another team, I immediately show them how they can use this tool to find more easily information. Always saying that it is not complete, it is not finished yet, but for the moment they can already use it for this purpose or on this purpose. And these small quick wins are important to keep people motivating in this change process. Change process. So how do you see legal operations progressing in the future in the European market? Because like I stated, in North America, it's a big market. It was always there, but the legal operations side of things has propelled in the last few years, keeping the pandemic in mind, uh, keeping the war between Russia and Ukraine and the economic problems that it has caused. So how do you see, or at least from your, what is your take on the future of legal tech or legal operations in the European market in the coming future? I think it will significantly increase in the coming months or or years because many companies are are seeing the benefits of having technology implemented and to have some people focusing on this efficiency improvement in the in the thanks to the legal operation. So I think more and more companies will develop a legal operation position internally or will ask external provider to, to provide legal operation consultancy. So I, I think it will increase in the in the future. In Luxembourg, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> uh, but we are we are quite a, a small market, of course, very dynamic but quite small so i i would be very interested in in developing even a a small legal community in in luxembourg i think within some law firms big law firms there are some people even if they don't have the the title of legal operation they are doing the job and from on my side i think i had the title of legal Operation officer since the January this year, but I did this job since two years and uh, and two or three years ago I didn't know at all the term <laughs> of legal operation. So yeah. exactly, <laughs> I yeah. Think I mean, many, many people are doing this job in in Europe, but just they don't know that they are at the end uh, legal operation. That is so true because when I started off, when I made that switch from from 
the niche legal practice to more of a tech enabled legal service services i didn't even know that i was actually doing the, the role of a legal operations specialist then in hindsight you realize that oh i was actually doing this you know since the last 10 years so i guess with technology people with technology your services could also be improved by automating some tasks and letting lawyers do much more strategic work so it's just a matter of time when more and more law firms and legal departments see the value in adopting legal tech and having a legal operations role each region has its own catch up time like yes of course north america is much more tech savvy like you said luxembourg is a small market but it doesn't mean that it'll grow in the future it might take comparatively it might take a longer time but technology is here to definitely stay and to grow and help legal services much more efficient and smarter because if you if you look at it i reached out to you on linkedin and we had this conversation we are, we are in two different continents but still you know we are connected by technology so that's yeah. that's really fascinating so went it so i guess i've covered all the points i've had a fantastic conversation with you but before we go i just want to know where can people reach out to you many on linkedin mm-hmm. <laughs> on linkedin and I, i will try to to continue posting about about automation and legal operation and i i will try to to catch the interest of the of the luxembourg legal market for this for this field of legal operation absolutely i'll definitely be looking forward to such posts once again and i had a i had a fantastic conversation with you konton thank you very much it was really nice let's keep in touch yes thank you so much for joining bite size law again konton have a thank fantastic you, day thank you bye bye